I am Emily Lyons. In 2009, without a high school degree and no money to my name, I decided to start my own business. But since then, I've built several multi-million dollar companies and I don't plan on stopping. Being a businesswoman, CEO, serial entrepreneur, survivor, and general life enthusiast, I'm endlessly jazzed by the business of life, especially the stories of extraordinary people I've had the privilege to meet along my own improbable journey to success. I don't think it's fair to keep that privilege to myself, and I think you deserve to be lifted and shifted by these people too. After all, all inspiring people are inspired people. So get ready to be inspired. This is Mind Your Business. Welcome, Barbara. I am so glad you could be on today. I'm so happy to be here. This is going to be so fun. So we've gotten to know each other pretty well over the last year and a bit. I think it's been through Clubhouse. And I love your story. Of course, you are an incredibly successful woman. You've done wonderful things. You are a host on some of the biggest networks in the world. But a lot of people don't see as well as is how you started and what you went through to get to where you are now. So I'd love to hear who you are in your own words. Well, I love that we met on Clubhouse because what I find is that every other platform is like one, maybe two-dimensional. You know, like you can see and hear me on TV, but you don't really get to know me or know my backstory. You can only take this like flat lay. And I think that's what's so detrimental to society right now. We just take things at face value from these flat lays as opposed to seeing people for their three-dimensionality. And that's what I love that you get to know that I'm not just a television personality, but I'm somebody that, you know, reinvented themselves in their 40s. And that's what I love sharing so much on Clubhouse and through podcasts. Um, I don't know. I always say I don't need to work, but I have so much work to do. <laughs> and I think it is actually the 3D part of me sharing my trials, my tribulations, my setbacks. You know, I was diagnosed with stage three cancer on the heels of my marriage falling apart in a epic blaze of glory dumpster fire. And I had three young kids at the time. And what I try to share now is that anything I've gone through, I've grown through. Mm-hmm. And I've used it almost as springboard as an opportunity to feast from the smorgasbord of life, you know, like recognize that, you know, and you too have been through your struggles, but to look at, you know what, I need to feast from what's in front of me and what I have and not what I don't have and not what I've lost or what I've suffered because that space can keep us there. It's a heavy space that it's important to take that space and those experiences with us and move through them and move forward and grow through them. So my cancer, I always say happened for me, not to me. Mm-hmm. And I'll share with you quickly why, and then we can dive into all the things. Um, <laughs> you know, I consider myself a hearty girl. Now, looking at me, you can't tell, but I'm like five foot nothing. I'm not a big girl, but I consider myself hearty. I'm a descendant. Holocaust survivors, wow. I have brothers. I feel like I am of hearty stock. And that must sound so like <laughs> hyper-masculine. But I do, I think I'm like hearty stock. And so when I got diagnosed with stage three cancer, I just quickly took inventory and I was like, well, those people survived cancer, so I'm going to survive it. Mm. And 12 rounds. And on like my eighth or ninth round, I was like, turns out I found something that's a little bigger than Babs and it was chemo. I wow. was so nauseous, so sick that it was disgusting. Oh and I God. thought, this is like where my story ends. 42, Emily. I was 42. 42. I was like, this is where my story ends. I'm like, there's so many chapters I didn't finish. Yeah. And it's in that moment that I really was like, all right, if I get another shot at life, I will never play small again. Because I realized it was at my own hand that I was holding myself back. It was fear. Mm-hmm. 
which is a decision. Doubt, a decision. And I care too much about the weight of other people's opinions. Another decision. And it was in that moment, I was like, I'm going to decide to never let the voices of fear, self-doubt, or the weight of other people's opinions stop me from feasting on that damn smorgasbord. And that's where you see me. I'm throwing it all down. Hogan's and all. (laughs) How long ago was all that? So I was diagnosed in 2015. I went through cancer treatments in 2016, finished up June 2016. And then I launched, I was like, I'm going into TV. I launched in <laughs> but it's so great, Emily. I love sharing like the fact that when you decide to do something, you can reverse engineer what you need to do to get there. Like yes. it's all can be manifested with the right mindset and the right diligence, consistency, persistence. And surrounding yourself with the right people. All these things are, you know, you have to make the decision. So that's what I... Have you done TV before that? No. That's what was so funny. But you know what's interesting and that I share is that in 2006, I read The Secret, which is all about meditation, law of attraction. And you read it or you watch the movie and they're like, well, you have to write down your goals and you cannot hold yourself back. You can't talk. You just got to write it down. I was like, well, I guess this voodoo malarkey, I watched it. So I'm like, I'm going to do it. And I wrote down, I want to be on the Today Show. Oh my God. I want to be on the Today Show. I want to be Jill Martin on the Today Show. And as I'm writing it, I'm like, who do I think I am? Like, really? You, you're, I had launched sales teams. I was a door-to-door sales girl. I have a degree in health education. I'm like nowhere near a television personality. I felt like I was too short. I was too tall. I was too fat. I was too thin. Like, no matter what, I was never what television wanted in my head. Mm -hmm. So I'm writing it down. I'm like, all right voodoo law of attraction. I wrote it down. So then I go through my treatments and I'm like, you know what? It was those voices that stopped me. I never did anything, anything zero zip nada to even pursue TV. Like who am I? Cause my voice changed. The dialogue changed in my head. I was like, instead of saying, who do I think I am? It was more of like, who am I not? Who am I to actually determine whether I can or I can't? I don't get, I don't get to determine it until I put myself out there and decide if that's what I want to do and what I should be doing. So there's nothing changed about me. I didn't get any taller. I didn't get any smarter. I didn't get any rich. Like nothing really changed about me in those 10 years, except I changed my mind. And when I changed my mind, I was like, you know what? I want to go on TV. I'd rather fail trying than fail to try. And the long story short is my very first booking was the Today Show. My very first that? You know who does that? People that believe in the law of attraction, people that write down their goals and people that believe in manifestation. That's what happened. You know, I was like, all right, I'm writing, you know, I think that's so crazy. Anyway, you went to a beautiful picture of you. (laughs) I accidentally hit something. Here we go. What I love about sharing that is at the time, I just thought it was voodoo and malarkey, but it's so crazy. When I got to the Today Show, that first booking, now I've done several, but it wasn't like, you know, people are like, was it awkward? Did you feel like imposter syndrome? I was like, no. I was like, I've been here a gazillion times in my head. I made myself a cup of coffee. I had a croissant. I was like, I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. I was like, nope, yep, here I am. So yes. That is my law of attraction story. So believe in it, write it down. And now you'll see like right now, I'm like, I always write things down. Chemo did do a little number on the noggin. So I have to write things down to embed things in my mind more securely. And it's such a hack, you know, I'm like, you're a hold or something. I got to write it down because it does embed in the subconscious mind. So anywho, I had a lot of coffee. I just love that story so much. So what did you do before you got sick? 
in my twenties, I did door to door sales. And the reason I did it is because it was commission based and I wanted to make money. <laughs> the reason to make money. And I like being crass about it because I just really want to cut to the thick. Yeah. Of people. I don't want to polish it with like anything other than I needed to make a lot of money. I needed to get rich and I needed to do it because I have a brother with special needs who can never take care of himself. Mm -hmm. And the thought of him being institutionalized scared the pants off me. I Um, saw some by Geraldo Rivera and it was terrible. It was like he broke into like an institution and saw like the images are embedded in my mind. So when I got into the workforce, I was like, I can't get paid. I can't get paid. I have to make money. And anything that you read, it's about sales. It's commission-based. If I'm going to outwork you, I want to be compensated. Mm -hmm. So I ultimately um, figured out how to do sales and then launched sales teams. And I retired before my 30th birthday and I took over as my brother's legal guardian. I put myself in just a really good financial position to be a stay-at-home mom. So for over a decade, I was a stay-at-home mom raising my three kids and kind of live in the suburban dream there for a little bit. And I absolutely loved it. So before I launched into television, I was parenting, just full-time parenting. And then you just dove into... So you do a lot of things now. You're not just an on-air host. You're also an entrepreneur and all kinds of different things. What else are you doing? So now I'm really, you know, I love doing television, but what I'm realizing, people kept asking me, how did I get on TV? And I kept answering, Emily, I kept saying, oh, I hired a media trainer and I went on TV at the back of my mind, they're like, Barbara, that's not the answer. It's not the answer. Mm -hmm. And finally through Clubhouse, I realized the answer was in the mindset. Like we can buy the Pelotons, you can download the apps, you can buy the books at the bookstore, you can buy all the things, but buying the things does not get you the things. Buying the media trainer, buying the courses, none of it gets you the things. What gets you the things is the consistency and the commitment to the outcomes. And I started teaching that. I was like, because I have been able to deploy certain strategies in my own life that allow me to manifest and experience everything that I write down, everything that I set my mind towards. But I realize there's certain things that I do that not everybody does. Mm -hmm. Everybody's willing to write the check. I'll buy the Peloton. I'll buy the gym membership. I'll buy all the things. But there's that dissection, that abyss between knowing or buying the things and actually executing. And it's in the action. So I started teaching and coaching different courses. Like I'm like, listen, you want to make money. You want to get in shape. You want the health, wealth, and happiness that you rightfully deserve in this lifetime of yours. Then we have to transform and we have to do a checkup from the neck up because I am so tired of this collective of everyone being sold goods and services but not actually hitting what the targets that they want when it's all in their own jurisdiction. So I started teaching like how to take how to take ownership through action. So I do accountability challenges, I do workshops, I do webinars, and I really coach people. And I'm like, I'm a mix of Tina Fey and David Goggins. I am like <laughs> funny sometimes and I use humor and stories and connection. I really connect with my teams and people that I coach, but I'm all business. If you want to achieve, whether it's financial gains or health gains or even relationship gains, I'm really like in that space of like, I am not going to sell you another piece of equipment, not selling you garbage. We're going to do the things we're going to do 
the things (laughs) and it's all within. So that's what I do. I do a lot on the side. That's one of my passions. It's a passion project of mine. I'm committed to helping people get healthier, make more damn money. And I'm like cutting to the chase. I'm like, you want money. Trust me. (laughs) Money doesn't make you happy. Oh, bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I just actually did an episode a little while ago on money does make you happy. (laughs) Yes. You know what? Money buys you freedom. It buys you access. It buys you peace of mind. The peace of mind. It's the peace of mind. Like for our siblings, so we want to take care of it buys me peace of mind. I sleep like a baby at night. It buys me access. My son has epilepsy. I can move the needle. I can buy him a Tesla so that he has a self-driving car. You know, don't tell me money doesn't buy you happiness. Peace. When you are sleeping well at night and you have peace, you are happier. So you put two. Well, it's like when my, my mom got sick during COVID almost two years ago this November, but she got sick suddenly with stage four lung cancer, non-smoker her whole life. Thought she, she had a pain in her back. I took her to the hospital. We left with finding out she had stage four lung cancer. But because I had the resources, I was able to up and move everything to be with her. I was able to hire a team to fast track her treatment. I hired like the best people. I hired a driver for her to take us to and from her appointments when I wasn't up for driving and I would work in the back with her. But it just gave us that peace of mind that I know that I exhausted every effort that was out there to try to help her and make her life as comfortable as possible. And going through that situation is hard enough, but at least I had that to fall back on. And I was able to spend almost every single day with her from when she got sick to when she passed away. I was there with her, you know, and anything she wanted, I had for her. Any supplement, anything that I... Like I bought her a infrared sauna that we set up in her living room, you know, to try anything, to try to help her. And so, yes, it does buy you so much. But I wanted to go back really quickly to what you said that you do because the fact that you get people to where they want to go, because I see this every day of people that buy these courses and the majority of them don't finish them. I think it's something like 90 something percent of people buy courses and don't finish them or they buy the things and they don't actually do it. And you know, on Clubhouse too, we hear that all the time. Well, I've got this, I've done this, but then they don't actually do the work to get the results that they want. Yes, because it gets boring and it gets mundane. And like Doc always says, build the muscles of the mundane. And what's crazy about my course that I'm doing 90%. So we're right now I'm in a 90 day summer series, which is we've committed for 90 straight days, my team, 90 straight days to work out from March 1st until Memorial day. And it's 30 minutes a day, but it is so much, it's a real accountability program. That is not about like, fine, your body's going to look amazing in 90 days. Okay. But that's an outcome. And it's the, we focus so much on, I'm like, we are going to do the things to get the things over 90%. I think my stats right now are at 93% of them in the group are consistently showing up. It is unbelievable. And I'm so proud of them because I see them transforming because the byproduct is the body. Great. Your body's going to be smoking hot tamales at the end of five. <laughs> They're going to be so pool party ready. Like your head's going to spin off. That's amazing. But what you're going to get is that is so much more valuable is you're going to get that confidence back in yourself that you can set goals and follow through when you do certain like strategic hacks that I teach. So yes, some good it, hacks. 
So the, I have three hacks. Number one, you have to write it down. So I'm very big on writing. It's the power of the pen, the magic in the pen. First, number one is writing down your goals and strategically. So I talk about how to strategically write down your goals, not just be like, I want to be on the Today Show, but actually, okay, now let's reverse engineer what it takes to get on TV. Well, you have to learn how to be on TV. How do you learn it? Like we dissect things, we write it down. So I, a journal comes with it. Then we schedule it. So these are my three major acts. I'm totally giving away my secrets. So everybody needs to tune in because people pay good money for this. <laughs> the second is we schedule it. You have to put the action into the calendar, right? Like if I wanted to be on the Today Show, it wasn't like this woo-woo stuff. It's like, okay, what's the action? I have to call media trainers. I have to get coached. What do I invest in? You start like, okay, I got to do this every single day. You start scheduling it. And then the other, the third part, the real hack is you have to have an accountability partner. You have to have either a coach, a friend, a partner, and then you schedule that with someone else. So in my 30 minutes of working out every single day, we schedule it. You set alarms, you schedule them like who you're doing it with. And if you're not doing it, make sure you're posting. They have to post every single day and take a picture. It's really funny. It's fun and funny and like really, really good. But those are actually the three hacks. And it's, you're like, that's it. I'm like, yeah, that's it. But these move the needle. First of all, writing things down, 42% more likely to hit your goals just by writing it down. Wow. Rolling it 42%. That's why. Thank you, other components. And it skyrockets over 65% that you're going to follow through because when you schedule something with somebody else, like a walk, a workout, a coffee walk, like Starbucks coffee walk, you are like 85% more likely to show up because it's in there and you don't want to cancel on somebody. So these are like, you're like, that's it. I'm like, yeah, that's my secret sauce. Well, once you start to do that, you know, once you do that for the 90 days, then it's just a habit and you just fall into that. Yes. And let me say this though, because so we're in the meat of it right now. And I do a weekly Zoom call and I, my team shows up and I'm like, this is where people get sloppy because it becomes so habitual. They're like working out there doing the things that you'll get sloppy and you'll stop posting or you'll stop scheduling it because you get these endorphins and you get really good at just working out every day. You really do. But where people don't realize it's upholding yourself to strict metrics, non-negotiables. It's a non-negotiable to post every day. And you can throw it off because people will be like, oh, what the posting isn't the big deal. The posting is part of building confidence in yourself that you can set even the smallest goals and follow through with it. And then you get what at the end you see your progress and it will bring people to tears because you just realize you're like, I built trust and confidence in within myself. So yes, you do. You start getting that momentum and momentums can be a little deceptive. So I'm like, I'm coming in as Goggins. I'm like, don't you stop posting. Don't you be passive about this posting because you think it's not part of the outcomes. And it's the small micro non-negotiables that lead to massive results in life, massive mm-hmm. results. So I love it. I'm really passionate about it because I feel like I've cracked the code and I'm the right person to do these things to help and serve others. So I'm going to, next year I'm doing it. I'm going to blow it up, Emily. It's going to be a total movement. I got to join. I'm going to join. You would just love <laughs> all like boost of endorphins every day. You think like it's just 30 minutes a day, but it's something so much bigger. I love it. I'm a little obsessed with it right now. And I'm a little sweaty because I did just do my work. <laughs> well, what about you? I mean, we all have those days where life happens. Don't you ever yeah. feel like I don't want to do it? You know, there's this story about these two expeditions that went to like explore the North Pole. And it was like a race to who was going to get up there first. 
And they each had two different strategies. One strategy was, you know what? We're going to push as hard as we can on the days that we feel like pushing and the weather's right. And we're just going to grind, grind, grind. And the times that the weather is bad, we're just going to lay low and take a rest. The second expedition group was like, this is what the strategy we're going to go every single day. Doesn't matter, bad weather. There's no bad weather, just bad clothing. And we're just going to put in the work and the diligence every single day. Who do you think made it to the summit? The second people? Yeah. It was the people that consistently, even when they didn't want to do the work Mm -hmm. and they didn't want to go out there because the weather was atrocious and conditions were crap. The leader of the expedition said, we are going to do the work every single day to get to our goal. And that was the team. And so I think about that, number one. And number two, that's where the breakthroughs do happen. And that is a muscle, the muscle of tenacity, perseverance, all the things that you can't buy in college, you can't buy at a bookstore, and none of these courses are coming with because it's all intrinsic. And that's when I'm like, those are the breakthroughs. And when you break those muscles down, like those are the best days because then you are tapped. You're like, I don't feel like doing this. And sometimes it's funny as those days you get like, you walk out the door, like, fine. And then I'm going to go, fine, I'm going to go for a walk. You have these, like, you walk the farthest or you like have these, because walking, and the reason I chose exercise is the one, because when you get those endorphins and you move that oxygen through your body, all things cascade from there. You have the endorphins, you have the oxygen, you have the energy and the clarity of mind. And all of a sudden you get, you all of a sudden access to have something, maybe it's a new creative breakthrough, but most importantly, Emily, is that's why we do this is like to build that muscle of like, I remember those days I didn't want to show up but I showed up anyway because I made a promise to myself. You know, obviously you sometimes get sick and things happen. I'm like, well, then make sure you drink water. So I have like a contingency and I have one mulligan. I have one mulligan because there's 91 days between March 1st and Memorial Day in in the state. So I'm like, use it wisely, folks. I haven't used mine yet, but there's a mulligan and I want to make sure people are drinking water because then water is also that energetic getting the toxins and the toxic thoughts out of your body so that you are still showing up and then post a picture of the water bottle. It just, you know, you could get sick, you get COVID, you know, I don't want to be like ridiculous, but I do think that there's sometimes you have to address, is this a mood? Am I just in a mood? Mm -hmm. Because goals don't care about your mood. Your goals don't give a shit how you feel. Your goals don't care. You have to show up and we all have those moments. And the muscle that it builds is like, I am stronger than the mood that I'm in. Because we can all do the work when we're in a good mood. Mm-hmm. That separate the, I hate this quote, but it's all I got. The boys from the men. <laughs> I don't know. Just, <laughs> I'll come up with something better. The, <laughs> you get what I'm saying. Like yeah. you, I had two days in a row. I was like, I hate myself for doing this. But now that I'm like on day, we're on day 38 or 39 today. And I am like, and my body feels better. And I see everyone posting and I see people looking like less bloated. Like you see in the pictures, the glow and wait till 90 days is up. I can't wait. It's awesome. Anyway. It's funny because I said to Gina the one day, I'm like, I want to work out, but I just don't feel like it. And she's like, well, you'll never regret pushing yourself to work out. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, you won't. You never regret it. Like, I'm darn, why did I make myself go for that nice walk? (laughs) It's like quite often it's what makes you feel better. It's the days you need it the most. Yeah. And just go like, sometimes I just, I'm like, I just want to listen to music. 
So I'll get on that, my Peloton or I'll just go for a walk. I'm like, or I'll tell myself, I just want to go get a cup of coffee because I can walk to coffee in Princeton. Like, I'm just going to go get a coffee and I'm going to walk up there. And next thing you know, I'm like meandering through campus. I've like rewritten my memoir in my head. (laughs) I felt world's peace crisis. Do you got sick? Did you change your lifestyle? I was just thinking of that. Like, did you work out? Because you seem so healthy. I'd run the New York City Marathon twice. My weight, I I struggled with my weight when I was in high school and through college, I was much bigger than I am now. And I struggled with self-esteem. And somewhere in my 20s, when I was learning the fundamentals of sales and how to launch sales, I started learning because you start reading books on success and how to make money. And there's a lot of like parallels of like, do the things, you know? I started to apply them. Like, you know what? I've always just really never felt comfortable in my own skin. So I started to take authority over that. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the same strategies that I'm applying to learning how to make wealth and build this business. I'm going to apply it to the discipline of my health and wellness. So I would say that I know how to now, when I do gain weight, I do know how to modulate like without beating myself up. I'm really, really, I'm also raising a daughter. So I'm very conscious about that. But I want to share like what the things that I did change as far as purging unhealthy habits wasn't in the exercise or food space because I think I had some good strategies there. Although I had colon cancer, which I was like, that was rude because I was healthy. I was like, that's a rude cancer for somebody who, (laughs) you know... That is rude. I did. I called cancer. People are like, are you scared? I'm like, I'm annoyed. I found cancer so annoying. I was like, this is the rudest thing ever. I'm like, I'm not scared. I'm like, that's a waste of energy. I'm like, I'm just annoyed. I still find it annoying. So what I did purge and change is I became very conscious and I am still very conscious of my own mortality. And that's what I teach a lot of like, don't wait till tomorrow to do the things that are going to make you happy and help you live your best, highest expression of yourself. And I was not in a marriage that was working. And I just was very swift in that understanding of like, I cannot fix this, but I can move, you know, and I always say this, a relationship doesn't have to be permanent to be successful. My marriage, I took it as far as it could go. We have three amazing children. He's a great father. We just and were no longer serving each other or making each other better humans. We were honestly compromising the integrity of each other because it wasn't certain. We were not in that space to grow old together. And that's what I did. I removed toxic relationships and it was tough. Divorce is actually harder than cancer, but where I am today, I'm very, very grateful for. So I still eat kale. (laughs) So I am still healthy and I do exercise and I share Emily, the power of exercise and being healthy because when your body feels good and you fit into your clothes, it cascades to so many other areas of your life. It influences how your relationships with other people. It influences how you parent. It just everything. It's a higher vibration. So I always feel like if people want to transform their lives, start with this 30 minutes a day, because when you feel good and you have those endorphins and that clarity of mind, man, you can move things so much more efficiently relationships and business, all these spirituality, it all escalates when you are in comfortable in your own skin. And that's through my own experience. 
Somebody was asking me the one day, what do I think the key to success is? And I was saying a big part of it is your health. You know, the first two years when I was trying to build my business, it was not going anywhere. And I was just so unhealthy. Like I drank, I went out every night, I smoked cigarettes and I had terrible anxiety. My mental health was awful. I was just, yeah. And then when I quit all of those things and made a life change, you can see the graphs, the steady upstream like how it just changed and it changed everything in my life. And so I think, yeah. And I used to say, I remember when I first started my business, I don't have time to work out. You know, I don't have time for that because <laughs> I'm busy with this work. Right. So I, I changed it. Somebody told me change it from, I don't have time for to it's not a priority. When you say that, never say I don't have time for, it's not a priority. And then it's like, it's not a priority to take care of myself. <laughs> I think for people around you. So I think when you are an influencer, because we're all influencers, if we're leaders in our business or we're parents, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's inspiring to when other people see you just being a workhorse, I would be like, I don't want to do that. I remember seeing that in my own enterprise in, in sales and thinking, I want people that are following me to live their best life. I don't like anybody who's on my team, anybody I'm coaching, anybody that is entrusting me with their time, which is anybody's most valuable commodity and are on my team working in my sphere of influence. I want to lead by example, because when they're happy, our business is happy. Like all ships rise in high tide Mm -hmm. and together we can go far. These are facts not theories. These are facts. So I think that when I lead by example, I help other people. I want people around me to be healthy. I don't want to lose my friends. I don't want to lose my family members to bad habits and bad choices. So I think that owning that jurisdiction is also really, really important. So yeah, you know, it's good. Again, that's part of my business now, the one that I'm leading. Like anybody who works with me, you know, and for the last several years, I will never forget, we were working on a big project for the Today Show and she was working with me. And then I was like, I am really stressed. I'm going to go to the gym. And she's like, oh, we have to work. And I'm like, let's go work out. And she was like, just in the middle of the day, I'm like the old paradigm, the old paradigm was nine to five, work, you work, you work. I am reinventing. I'm like, that's not a paradigm that that I became a newer to follow. I became an entrepreneur so I could make my own everything. And so what ended up happening, she went in the middle there. She's like, I'm going to do a spin class. And I was like, you go. I never like in the middle, like we're talking like three o'clock in the afternoon (laughs) because I was like, I want you to be happy and feel good. (laughs) Like this one spin instructor, go. Go work out. Goodbye. Like, I'll see you later. We can work later. And encouraging that paradigm shift of we have to do the things that make us happy. That's why we're entrepreneurs. That's why we're working in certain spaces. And I'm really proud of that because she like laughed. She was like, aren't we working? I'm like, yeah, we're working on living our best life. Go do your thing. (laughs) (laughs) But that's also important too, to, to surround yourself with great people. You know, because you help each other do better all around. You help each other create better work and be mm-hmm. your better people. And I know that you are always, you know, you work with a lot of incredible people, Brian Benstock. I know you and him do a lot yeah. of together and surrounding yourself with that incredible community that motivates you and pushes you. I think that's a huge game changer as well. And removing those toxic people, of course. <laughs> removing toxic people and, you know, being very conscious of energy your energy attracts your tribe. Your vibe attracts your tribe. And I know that's like these slogans people put on shirts and stuff. 
but they are legit. Like you bring yourself to a higher vibration. You are going to bring in better people. That's why I say focus on, listen, we've all been through trauma, yourself included, but it's really just continuing to be a work in progress and live our best lives, like in respect of our trauma and understand like, okay, I'm still here for a reason. And Emily, you know what I struggle with? is survivor's guilt. So I'm dating a widower who lost his wife to colon cancer, same cancer I had. And yeah, and we met at a colon cancer foundation event. And I struggle with that. And then when I have those moments of like, wow, I feel so bad. And it's a terrible feeling of like, I shouldn't have. And I, who am I? And why did I survive? And they didn't survive. And then I'm like, I cannot take this gift for granted. I have to do the things that they wish they got to do. Mm-hmm. I have to live at a higher elevation because they don't get to. And I have to throw myself into life at a higher capacity and pursue the highest expression of myself every single day because I am a survivor, because I do get this gift of living. So I have to transcend that negative guilt and that like, what? Like all of the negativity and be like, no, I have to and I have to surround myself. So I'm very fortunate to now like continue. And I have always, I have great friends. I have great lifelong friendships. People have known me, my best friend and I bought beach houses two blocks away from each other. Adorable. That's a law of attraction manifestation story uh, that I wrote down a hundred years ago. I'm 48. We've been That's best terrible. friends. I don't, you know, I don't even do the math. It's wow. Like, uh, that's yeah. amazing. Amazing. So that's like super important, but I want to share something with you. And I think it's important on mother's day last year, I went to text you and we had just gotten to know each other and I knew you had lost your mom, but I stopped myself. And I was like, well, I did say, I'm like, maybe I got the story wrong and maybe I'm not, and maybe she'll be offended. And I started thinking all these negative thoughts. And I wanted to tell you, I wanted to send you a text and be like, I'm thinking of you today and sending you love. And I know this must be a hard day for you. And I get chills and I'm sad thinking about it because I didn't do it. And then a couple of weeks later, you mentioned that you had lost your mom. And I was like, I never sent that text. And it's so important that I want, you know, I thought about you on Mother's Day and then I want to go reach out, but I didn't know you that well. I did have your cell phone number. And I held myself back from an expression of kindness and love that came from a real sincere, like Emily must be having a hard day. I want her to know that I love and respect her. And I just never sent it. And I'm sharing it today because there's a couple things in that space that first of all, I want you to know that I love you and I admire you. And I thought of you on Mother's Day and I'm so sorry for your loss. And if you need me in any way, as a mother, friend, anything, I'm <laughs> old, you know, I do, I feel your pain. I really do. But I also want your listeners to never hold themselves back from an expression of love. Mm-hmm. And I know better as somebody who was on the other side of cancer, when people sent me texts, they sent me emails, they sent me cards, they sent me flowers. My home looked like a funeral parlor for like eight months. And it was beautiful. It was a beautiful because people did not stop and they did not hold themselves back. And I always tell people, I'm like, when you feel the need to express love, you put it out in the universe and don't worry where it lands. Don't worry. It is on them. And I did not follow my own advice of just putting out there, like the way that somebody interprets your act of love is not in my jurisdiction. That's not in your jurisdiction. 
an act of love and kindness. It's just an energetic love, but I get to do it today and I'll do it. This oh, year. Thank you. That's what thinking about. And I regretted that so much. And then as you were talking about your mom and her sickness, I was like, I can't believe I never sent that text, but that's my story. Thank you. I know after my sister died, because my sister died as well in 2011 from CF, what Chris has my brother. And I know afterwards, there were a lot of people that didn't say anything. And that was what I remembered, oddly enough. Yes. And, you know, I brought it up at one point to somebody when they reached out asking me for something. And they're like, well, I just didn't know what to say. It's like, you didn't have to say anything just saying you were thinking of me or, mm-hmm. you know, that meant so much. And, you know, I even remember the day she passed away. I was at my dad's house and a lot of family members came over and they were coming in. I was laying in her bed, just like shocked. I hadn't slept all night and... They were coming in and I don't remember what people said, but I remember my cousin, Melissa coming in. She's deaf. She's, so she's hard of hearing, but she's got, she's got hearing aids. And so she's able to speak and all of that. But she came in and she just sat down beside me and just rubbed my back. And that was all she did. And that was the one thing that stuck out to me that I always remembered. Cause it was just like this thing of like, I'm here and I love you and we don't need to say anything. And so, yeah, just, just send it. Cause if you don't know what to say, just, I'm thinking of you. I love you. That's it. Yeah, like I have chills because there was one person who didn't reach out when I was in treatment. And I said, this was my sister-in-law, my brother's wife and my twin brother's wife. And I asked my twin brother, I was like, does she know I have cancer? Because everybody else had like given me that little, even if it was an, a heart emoji. Yeah. Thinking just, and I think that's where people do get jammed up. It's not that they're not, they're actually in such pain for you, they stop themselves because they're like, I don't want to inflict any more pain, but love is love. And an act of love and kindness mm-hmm. is what it is. You just have to put it all out there. And today we have so many ways to send that love, whether a old school cards or a text. I remember that too, in my treatments of like everyone else had done and like none of it was lost. Do And same with you. Do I remember what people said? No. Do I remember the text they sent? No. I just remember I was poor. The love was coming in. So I think that's a powerful share, Emily. It it is. It's a powerful share. It's important. Oh, thank you so much. Well, where can people find more about you? Where can they find more about your courses? Where can they follow you? Perfect. So it's all Barbara Majeski. I like you just <laughs> barbaramajeski.com, Barbara Majeski on Instagram. Although there's a bunch of fakes about me. Just okay. do your best to figure out which one's me. I'll Good link luck. it all. Yeah. I'm working on the verification. I don't know. But yeah, it's all barbaramajeski.com, Instagram, TikTok, Clubhouse, the Facebooks, if anybody's still using that. And yeah, so follow along. It's a fun journey. It's gonna be a wild ride for sure. Oh, Barbara, this was so good. And I know that people are gonna be so many comments and I'm sure they're gonna be asking me to have you back on. But thank you so much for your time today. This was incredible. Well, thanks, Emily. I'm gonna go get my hairs did. And <laughs> love you. Grateful our paths have crossed and I will see you in the hallways of Clubhouse. I love you too. Thanks so much, Barbara. Yeah.